I'm Sarah Lippman. Welcome to Tarati Mecha Nachyomi with the OU Women's Initiative. Today, we will be learning Divrei Hayamim, Chronicles, Volume 1, Chapter 6. Chapter 6 begins again with Levi, the son of Jacob. B'nai Levi, Gershom, Kahas, Umerari. The children of Levi are Gershom, Kahas, and Merari. Only now the verses are going to follow the Levi family line more broadly into their role as Levium, singers and musicians in the Beis HaMikdash, the Holy Temple. This family list spans verses 1 through 15, and then verses 16 through 23 introduce us to the specific group of Levium who merited to serve in the Beis HaMikdash with their singing, beginning with Haman HaMishorer, Haman the singer or the chorister, and retracing Haman's lineage right back up past Levi to Yisrael, i.e. Yaakov himself. Verses 24 through 28 will introduce Asaf, who stands at the right hand of Haman and tracks his ancestry up through Gershon to Levi. Verses 29 through 33 introduce Asan the Levi, standing at Haman's left hand and tracing his family up through Merari to Levi. Thus we have the three Rashi Avos, heads of their families for the tribe of Levi, Haman, Asaf, and Asan, as Mishorim, the singers, their duty, their avoda in the temple, was sheer song. Verses 33 and 34 describe the intertwined and yet distinct roles of the portion of the family of Levi known as Kohanim, priests, versus the rest of the Levium, who serve in other roles in the temple. Va'achehem ha-Levium, their brethren the Levium, nisunim l'cholavodas mishkan beis ha-Elokim, were given for all forms of service in the tabernacle in the house of the Lord. Included in kol avodas mishkan beis ha-Elokim, all of the divine service within the tabernacle in the house of God, were the roles of the Levium as shoarim, gatekeepers, assistance in managing portions of the offerings, also upkeep and maintenance of the Mishkan, as Radak explains. Verses 35 through 38 offer an abbreviated list of the high priests, Kohanim Gedolim. This may be a remnant of an earlier list that leads us into the next major segment of the chapter, verses 39 through 66, in which are listed all the cities in which the tribe of Levi lived, each city, its outskirts, and from which tribe's portion it comes. The cities of the Levium follow a different model entirely than the cities of the other tribes, whereas each tribe was granted an area to live in within a set of geographical borders. The tribe of Levi lives in 48 cities distributed across the territories of Eretz Yisrael. In other words, Levium don't all live in one region. Instead, each of the other tribes essentially contributes cities in their region for the Levium to live in. Why is this? The Navi in the book of Yehoshua, chapter 13, says, Ulashevitz Halevi lo nasan Moshe nachala. Moses did not give to the tribe of Levi any territorial portion. Hashem Eloke Yisrael, hu nachala sam. Hashem, the Lord of Israel, he is their portion, ka'asher diber lahem, as he promised them. And thus, says Radak, the listings of the cities of the Levium is paired together with their assignment to their duties in the Holy Temple. Now, when we spoke about the Bechorah, the status of the firstborn, back in chapter 5, we noted that the role of the firstborn is part of a larger pattern 
in which we seek to dedicate fully the first to God, thus acknowledging that all is from Him and elevating the whole by remembering that what we receive is always meant to be used to fulfill God's will. The bracha, the blessing, is our mission. The tribe of Levi are fully dedicated to avodas Hashem, service of God, developing and defending a home territory while a worthy task for any other tribe would be a distraction from their role as the fully dedicated tribe. They are the spiritual firstborns, the tithe of the nation. They are focused full-time on their Levite duties. And so, the families of the Levium are given cities to live in. They're distributed across all the tribes in order to teach, to inspire, and to elevate the whole. What are these Levite duties? The Torah in Bamidbar chapter 4 says, Min shloshim shana v'amala ve'ad ben chamishim shana kol haba la'avod avodas avoda va'avodas masa ba'ohel moed. From the age of 30 unto the age of 50 years old, when it comes to the heavier work of carrying the Mishkan, the tabernacle, the Levium are all to come la'avod avodas avoda, to do the service of serving the service. Even without a strong grasp of Hebrew, you can't miss the striking nature of this phrase, la'avod avodas ha'avoda, to serve the service of the service. Rabbeinu Bachya ben Asher explains, la'avod avodas ha'avoda, what kind of service is service of service? Zehashir, this is song, shahaya avoda la'avoda acheres which is a duty, a service, an effort that we make, something that takes attention, hard work, and accomplishes something, and it's applied to another avoda, something else that's going to take attention, hard work, and achieve accomplishment. So the avoda of the levium, of shir, of song, is closely intertwined with the avoda of the kohanim, the priests, which is to bring the karbanos, the offerings. We see this represented in the verse in Tehillim chapter 100. Ivdu es Hashem besimcha. Your service of God shall be with joy. In other words, there's an emotionally elevated component that needs to be part of our avoda, our divine service. Offerings are not enough. They need to be accompanied by sheer, by elevation of the emotion through song. Ufasak malehu. This is an explicit verse, Shakore avoda lashir, that there is a kind of avoda, a kind of service called song. That's what's referred to in Divrei Hayamim, near the end, in volume 2, chapter 35, where we learned that the Mishorim, the singers, the children of Asaf, were at their posts. They must never veer from doing their duty. It's clear that singing is a full-fledged duty, a full-fledged service in the Beis HaMikdash, just like that of the Karbanos, the offerings. These songs, continues Rabbi Nubachya, are accompanied by musical instruments, harps, cymbals, and wind instruments. Veda, you should know, says Rabbi Nubachya, ki lo parish inyan hashir achaba adonenu David alav hashalam, that until David HaMelech came along, no one really understood the nature of the song in the Beis HaMikdash as it was meant to be. Radak explains on verse 16, 
we learn Ela Asher Ha'emid David Al Yedei Shir Beis Hashem Mimenoach Ha'aron. These are the people whom David stood up by way of song in the house of Hashem from the time the Aaron came to rest. For those many years that the Aaron, the Ark of the Covenant, was with the Mishkan, the tabernacle, it was not at rest. It was only once David brought the Aaron to Yerushalayim that the Aaron could be said to be at rest. It was home. While in the Mishkan, the singing was not a full-time job. It was at this time that David Ha'amid, David set up permanent shifts of Lovium to sing before the Aaron, that this avoda, this service, came into its own and continued as such throughout the eras of both the first and second temples. Thus, the service in the times of the Mishkan was in some way incomplete. It wasn't legally or halachically incomplete, but it didn't reach the level that it was later to reach in the times of David HaMelech, the times that are being described now in our section of Divrei Hayamim. One way to understand avoda, divine service, both in terms of offerings and in terms of our own prayers, is as a process of alignment. The word tefillah literally means braiding, drawing all the strands together into alignment. Song is a primary tool for moving our feelings in a given direction. The prophetic songs of the Levium were inspiring and moving. The songs of the Levium, as part of the temple service, served to elevate the individual and to bond him with the community emotionally by including him in a higher experience than just his own. This is a whole different view of Shira singing, of the Levium, of their work, than we may have appreciated, because it's an integral part of the Beis HaMikdash experience. The offerings depended on the songs to be acceptable. So, Kohanim and Levium are working side by side, performing their divine service in the Beis HaMikdash. The Sefer HaChinuch in Mitzvah 394 says, Ein Ikar Avodas HaLevium Ela Shira Bilvad. The primary focus of the work of the Levium is in their song. Thus, Levium assigned to song were exempted from other Avoda in the Beis HaMikdash. These songs are preserved in the Book of Tehillim. Thus, Shira becomes a necessary component of avoda, divine service. There's the offering, which is the physical experience. The Shira, which is the emotional experience. The Katoris, the incense, which is the intellectual, the thought experience. And finally, the invisible elevation, the expansion of will, the spiritual experience. In prayer and service, we synchronize our actions, our feelings, our thoughts, and our will, so that we become at peace with ourselves and with God. And so it is that willingly, with appreciation and with love, the tribes of Israel contributed cities in which the Levium could live, able to focus on their job, which was to help us get closer to God. In verse 7, and again in verse 22, we meet up with Korach from Chomish Bamidbar. There, in Parsha's Korach, he is described as Korach ben Yitzhar, ben Kahas ben Levi. Korach, son of Yitzhar, son of Kahas, son of Levi. We need some explanation as to why Korach is not referred to only by his own name and that of his father, Korach ben Yitzhar. Rather, he is attributed up for three generations, Korach, son of Yitzhar, son of Kahas, and son of Levi. Says Rashi, 
Why does this lineage end with Levi and not go yet another step upward to Yaakov, Jacob? When Korach rebelled against Moshe Rabbeinu and against God, he is attributed back three generations in fulfillment of Yaakov's prayers not to be associated with Korach's rebellion. In other words, says Rashi, God left the name of Yaakov off of this mini-genealogy of Korach's out of respect that he not be associated with Korach's rebellion. However, Rashi adds a very intriguing extra sentence. The Heichanizkar Shmo al Korach. And when was Yaakov's name associated with Korach? It was here in Divrei Hayamim, when Korach's descendants are listed as standing on the platform to sing praise of God in the temple. Ben of Yasaf ben Korach, ben Yitzhar ben Kehas, ben Levi ben Yisrael. Haman, Haman Hamishorer, leader of the singers, is descended through the line of Evyasaf, son of Korach, son of Yitzhar, son of Kahas, son of Levi, the son of Yisrael. Apparently then, the reference to Korach here in Divrei Hayamim is an acceptable one to be associated with the venerated ancestor Yaakov or Yisrael. Let's take a moment to understand what Korach's rebellion was about and why things might be different here in Divrei Hayamim. Rashi in Pamidbar 16 says, Uma ra'a Korach lechaleki Moshe. What was bothering Korach that caused him to differ with Moshe? He was jealous about the leadership of Elitzafon ben Uziel, his cousin, whom Moshe had appointed as prince of the tribe. Korach complained, My father was one of four brothers. Amram was the eldest, and his two sons already have taken greatness for themselves. One, Moshe, is like a melech, a king. Echad, the other, Aharon, is the Kohen Gadol. So who should take the next available honor? It should be me. I am the son of the second son, Yitzhar. But instead, Moshe has appointed as prince of our tribe the son of the youngest brother of all. I reject this decision, and I resent it. This was the underlying motivation for Korach's rebellion. Well, this is a pattern that Divrei Hayamim is familiar with, a pattern in which birth order and privilege are not indicators of greatness. Korach had a presentiment that in the future, his descendant, Shmuel Hanavi, would be a great leader of the Jewish people. He took from that that he himself was a great leader, that he and his line would continue, and therefore that he couldn't be wrong. What Korach was missing, and what Divri Hayamim seeks to show us, is that greatness isn't about position. Greatness is about taking responsibility, about thinking about the needs of others, and about extending yourself beyond yourself. To those who step forward into responsibility, more responsibility is given. And yes, that looks like having an important position. But it's not about the honor of the position, it's about the merit to serve. And thus it is that although Korach did not survive his rebellion, he had two sons who did, who were able to look out and say, wait, we were wrong. There's something bigger than ourselves here. It's Korach's descendants who are leaders of the singing in the Beis HaMikdash, an avodas ha'avoda, a service 
in the service of a service. Korach's sons had as their starting point a need to grapple with the issues their father left them. And they did. And God reached down and saved them from the pit their father was falling into. They raised generations after them, true Levium, happy to serve, honored to be able to devote their lives to a calling higher than themselves, grateful for the opportunity to help others find their deepest inner self, elevate it, connect it to the community and the service. Thus here in Divrei Hayamim, in the description of the singing in the Beis HaMikdash, of the line that includes Korach, here Yaakov's name is connected. Yisrael in all his glory. Here, Korach's family finds its place because they not only received the issues of their father, they conquered them. Throughout this chapter, in describing the families of the Levium and the Kohanim, they're described as brothers of one another. First, we learn about Haman HaMeshorer from the family of Kahas. And then we learn about Achiv, his brother, Asaf, who stands at his right hand, who's from the family of Gershom. Then we learn about Asan, standing at Haman's left hand, from the family of Merari. All working together, all feeling like brothers. No competition about who's first, Gershon, Kahas, or Merari. No competition, who stands on the right, who stands on the left, who's in the center. When we see the tribe of Levi at its best, there is no ego. Everything is about service. This is where they excel. There's a warm, beautiful feeling to reading verse 33. And their brothers, the Levim, were given over entirely to the service in the Mishkan, the tabernacle, Besa Elokim, house of God. Thank you for learning together with me. Le'ilui Nishmas, Rose Foreman, Rezel Rachel, Bas Arieleib, and Rachel Zeitlin.